Go stump yourself, Kurt. In a wonderful twist of irony, it is typewriter. Huh, that's an excellent one, Kurt. You stumped me. What company produces the most tires in the world? What U.S. general is guaranteed to never be outranked? They wore cow shoes, John, which left hoof prints. Then why did you leave her out? Does she not go to the bathroom? Showtime. Join the circus like you wanted to when you were a kid. Is that our entry, John? Nope. You have to make a stupid noise, Kurt. Baum ba pop diddly. Baum ba pop diddly. Well, it's time for smart drivel. Yes, it is. What? Yep. It's time for smart drivel. It's a new episode. I'm Kurt Schneider, your co-host with your other co-host, John Ellenthal. I always find it difficult to transition from your openings, Kurt. It's what pops into the old cranium, John, the old gray matter, the old brain, the old thinking spot. So they're not planned. Does that surprise you? Have you met me? No, I just wanted to provide a little bit of a little bit of dry sarcasm. No, I know that it wasn't planned. I just wanted our listeners to know that it wasn't planned. All right. So if you remember from last week, because it wasn't that long ago, but it was long enough ago that we probably need a reminder. And perhaps our listeners do, too. Kurt and I went back and forth, almost like a verbal tennis match, trying to stump the other with difficult questions. Difficult because... Stump me, stump you. Go stump yourself, Kurt. Would you like to start off this week, Kurt? What kitchen implement does an erect duck's penis most resemble? A corkscrew. Correct! Proving (laughs) that that was last week's episode. It was a very good opening question, Kurt. No question about it. Do you have a great opener for this week? What's the only animal with legs that can't jump? Okay, I am going to say a stuffed animal. A stuffed (laughs) giraffe cannot jump. You said animal with legs. What's the only animal with legs that's alive that cannot jump? Alive like animated. Blood coursing through its circulatory system. Can I have a hint? Yes. They remember everything. An elephant. Correct. <laughs> that was a good hint, huh? <laughs> I guess so. If it So elephants can't jump, which is really good because they could cause an earthquake if they were able to. They're big honking animals. Do they yeah. know they can't jump? I mean, if no, they like tried and failed? They don't know. Otherwise, they'd have such an insecurity complex whenever they went to the double Dutch contest. All right, Kurt. I... I'm going to ask you a question now, because I think we've plumbed the depths of the elephant non-jumping subject. Yes. I'm going to start with a very easy one. What year is it, Kurt? 2022, John. What year is it in Ethiopia, Kurt? Well, because they're still on the Julian calendar, not on the Gregorian, I would probably say it is 2006. And you're thinking that they're on a different calendar simply because they consider a year to be a different amount of time? Yes, it's the Julian calendar. And before Pope Gregory came in and changed it, the Julian calendar comes from, of course, Julius Caesar when he said it. And when Pope Gregory, about 400 years later, decided to say, or 500 years later, no, 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 no. In fact, John, one of the Olympic teams, 
I think it was from Russia, showed up to the Olympics in 1908, 12 days late because they were on the Julian calendar and everyone else was on the Gregorian calendar. <laughs> so there's one more difference, I think, with the Ethiopian calendar. Both of them start with the birth of Christ, but those calendars not, do not agree when Christ was born. I believe the Ethiopian calendar considers Christ to have been born 7 BC. And if BC stands for before Christ, that's a hell of a trick. But right now, Ethiopia is seven years and eight months behind the rest of the world based on its different calendar. So that would make it about 2014 right now in Ethiopia. You and I would like it to be 2014. And now we have a way to go there. And my guess is these guys saved a hell of a lot of money on consultants for the Y2K thing, didn't they? That's true. They they got they had us go first. That's a good point. Yeah. Kurt. They had us go first, and then they realized that was no big deal. That's a very good exactly. Point, Don't need very to spend good any point. <laughs> John, time for me to stump you. Go stump yourself. What is the longest word that can be made using just one row on a keyboard? Only one row on the keyboard. How many letters are in a row? Well. Let's see here. One, two, three, four, five, six, like seven, eight, nine, ten. Eight is either like eight, nine, or eight, nine, or ten, because of course there are a different number of letters on each row. I'm pretty sure there were twenty-six letters. Ten, I'm nine, not, and seven, John. Ten, I'm not nine, so and sure seven. if there were twenty-six letters in Ethiopia or not. Ten, nine, and seven. All right. So the ten row is the top one, so it's most likely to come from there, both because it has the most number of letters, and there are four vowels on the first row. Kind of like doing Wordle. Get as many vowels in as you can. All right. So Q-W-E-R-T-Y-U-I-O-P is probably the source of this word. So I am going to go with portier. Oh, nice try. But no, I will tell you in a wonderful twist of sweet irony, it is typewriter. Oh my God. On the first, you can type T-I- I'm sorry, T-Y. Yes, you can actually spell the word typewriter (laughs) on the first, on the row of 10. So I'm going to give myself partial credit for identifying the right row on the typewriter (laughs) to focus on. Yeah. So you can spell the word typewriter. That's incredible. Yeah. So I can't imagine that had anything to do with how the keyboard is actually organized. That just must be a wonderful whimsical byproduct of this, of the QWERTY keyboard. uh Uh-huh. That is some fucked up shit, Kurt. That's awesome. You don't get that in Morse code, but you get it on the keyboard. Huh. That's an excellent one, Kurt. You stumped (laughs) me. Thank you. And by the way, the keyboard can't jump either. What U.S. general is guaranteed to never be outranked? Now, You've mentioned a bunch of generals on previous podcasts. You have a particular affinity for General Pershing, but you have MacArthur, Eisenhower, Half Arnold, Omar Bradley, and many others. Only one U.S. general is guaranteed never to be outranked. General George Washington. And why is that? Because he was the first and the father of our country. And he's a president. So I would say... President, any president that's a general, and he, and there were three, but I will say George Washington. Final answer, lock it in. So that's correct. 
on the bicentennial of the country, July 4th, 1976, a law was passed that made George Washington the general of the armies of the United States. And no one is able to outrank him by law, which is a nice awesome. way to celebrate the bicentennial. Except there's one problem. I didn't stump you. No. Well, that, but no, he's no longer around to enjoy it. Well, I think we've done a lot of things in his honor after his death that gives him a sort of a form of immortality. So this is a, this is a thing I have, John, which is this. Ready? Why do we save the nicest things to say about people till after they die in eulogies and toasts? Say it to them while they're still alive. This is rhetorical, right? Yeah. Yeah. Your turn to try to stump me. I do think it's pretty bad, by the way. Tell well, people what are you, what are you doing time. about it? I'll tell you exactly what I'm doing about it. Every time I'm with someone, I try to say something that I really admire about them that I've maybe kept to myself. Okay. So do me know. right now, so to speak. Okay. You are incredibly generous of spirit, of soul, and of mind. Well, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I stumped you, didn't I? No, that's nice. Thank you, Kurt. All right, your turn. And I mean it. Anyone that knows you will say the same, by the way. Thank you very much. Kurt, it's my turn to try to stump you. Are you ready? I am ready. Who is the only woman to ever be featured on U.S. paper money? Okay. Immediately, I would say Sacagawea, Harriet Tubman, or Susan B. Anthony. However. Knowing that all those are wrong. I think it's a trick question. Why would I try to trick you? You're my friend. <laughs> you said featured and featured could be just her name. And I believe Janet Yellen was the secretary of the treasury. And didn't she sign as secretary of treasury? And therefore the signature is featured on paper currency. I'm going to ask the question differently. <laughs> Who is the only woman ever to have her face on U.S. paper currency? Why are You're, you looking for some devious twist here? That's what happens. Have you been drinking? <laughs> no, not yet. Okay, the only woman's face. Okay, I bet you maybe they have those pictures on the currency in the back where they're signing the Constitution. No, no woman signed the Constitution. Hmm. I will say Eleanor Roosevelt. Okay, I'll take that as your final answer. I want to be clear that this woman was the featured face. Like on the $1 bill is George Washington. Like on Amelia the five, Okay. This was a companion question to my George Washington general question. Martha Washington is the only woman to ever have her face featured on U.S. paper money. It was back in the late, very late 1800s, 1880s, 1890s. She had her face on the $1 silver certificate. And was that legal tender? Indeed. Excellent. Tender is the night. Who wrote that? Jackson Brown. <laughs> I think it was like Faulkner wrote it. I think it's a book. Did tender Jackson Brown the... sing the lyrics, Tender is the Night? I don't know because I don't like Jackson Brown. Jackson Brown, and I'm no longer allowed to say the Eagles because one of my friends, Doug, corrected me. I don't like Jackson Brown, Eagles, or Harry Chapin. Oh, come on. First of all, it was F. Scott Fitzgerald who wrote Tender is the Night. How right, could you right not there. like Harry Chapin? All my life's a circle. I don't give a shit, Harry. Okay, John. Harry Chapin is... died at the age of 37. I know. Okay, John. 
What is and Jackson Brown did sing "Tender Is the Night," so my answer is correct. Sounds like he would sing it. Okay. What is the shortest complete sentence in the English language? The letter I. No, you can't just have I. That's just. Can a you get any shorter than what letter? Yes or no? It's not. That's not a complete sentence. Hang on a second. Can you get any shorter than one letter? No. How many? Individual letters are words all by themselves. A couple. And it the doesn't word, have to be. The, the letter A and the letter I. But it no, doesn't. I it chose a, one of those. I went but, I went for brevity, shortness over grammatical correctness. But that's not a complete sentence. The question is, what is the shortest complete sentence? I know. I was, going for partial, I was going for partial credit. I got the shortest possible sentence. The shortest, but not a sentence. How about I am? Yes, you got it right. Thank you. I didn't get stumped. Well, or you kind of did. I did not. It took, I was it took working it out. I well am done. three letters. Yes, I am. And by the way, you cannot type the sentence I am using only one row of the keyboard. No, but unless that pay- keyboard was stepped on by an elephant who was pissed he couldn't jump. Or she couldn't jump and then rearrange the keys. Unless you add paid to it, and then he's the guy who designed the pyramid outside the Louvre. Louvre. <laughs> I am paid. Get it? Got it. I am paid. All right, Kurt. Are you ready? Yeah, sure. I'm going to name four states. Yep. One of them has more shoreline than all of the other states on the list combined. Could be a trick question. Ready. Minnesota. Nope. Hawaii. Nope. California. Nope. Florida. Nope. Minnesota. Minnesota. That is correct, because why else would it be among the list of answers? Well, because it's where the mighty Mississippi starts. So the Mississippi's on it on the east side, and then it's on a a lake, and it has the land of lakes, so right. shoreline. I'm guessing it's the lakes that put them over the top. The it's the land of a thousand lakes. lakes, and they also have the boundary waters. And when I trick first question, started, when I, John, trick question. It was I'm not a trick you. question. It was I'm on it. I'm on it. The only reason Minnesota was on there is if it was the answer. What? First of all, when I went through the list, you said no to Minnesota. What did you think the answer was? Alaska? Maine. What did moonshiners wear during Prohibition to help them evade police? <laughs> they, they wore like different kind of shoes so they couldn't be tracked through nope. the woods. They did. They nope. actually. Nope. What did they wear? Like an cl- article of clothing? They wore cow shoes, John, which yeah, left so they looked prints. like cow prints as opposed I know, to I, prints. I didn't want to give you the answer, the credit for it, which left. Hoof prints versus shoe prints, footprints. Well, yes. right. I, I knew they were a different kind of shoe. I just didn't get to the part where I explained to you that it was to make it look like a cow. Yeah. Can cows jump? I guess they can because they can jump over the moon. Exactly. Did Mountain Dew used to be slang for. Heroin. Moonshine. <laughs> I was building on your moonshine theme, but I Mountain Dew is what they used to call moonshine. What was the first time a toilet was shown on television? Yeah, we know. It was actually in a movie, and it was the movie Psycho. I know, but I asked you about television. Psycho, by the way, was the first time a toilet was flushed in a movie. But when was the first time a television show showed a toilet? 
because it was like one of the forbidden things, obviously. Well, it was not on the honeymooners because we never saw Ralph in there or Alice or Norton. So it's not the honeymooners. So we got to go past that. What was Norton's wife's name? <sighs> and why didn't you leave her out? Does she not go to the bathroom? I couldn't think of her name. Okay. So, so you think about my question. It was not anything with the show of shows, Sid Caesar. You know what I'm going to go with, John? I'm going to jump way forward. You ready? Trixie. Right. Okay. I'm going to jump way forward. You ready? Yep. Mash. Okay. So let me ask you this question. Mm -hmm. When did Psycho come out? 1961 or thereabouts. I think it was like 1960. So we'll give you that. When was Mash popular? 1975. Do you think it would take 15 years to get from a movie reveal of a toilet to a television reveal of a toilet? Right. So I'll say, leave it to Beaver. (laughs) That's correct. (laughs) What? That's correct. It is? Yeah. So they basically, they showed a toilet tank. That was the compromise. The storyline had the boys trying to hide their pet alligator. So they put it in the toilet tank. Okay, John. This is my last question of the episode. That's sad. Okay. What company produces the most electric? What company, you're close, produces the most tires in the world? So it's going to be Goodyear or mm-hmm. Goodrich or, or... What about that guy who was invented and made of tires? Yeah. What do you think? Michelin Man was made of tires. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Still with Goodyear. Lego. I didn't say regular size tires. You did not. You did they not. They produce 306 million tires per year. They're tiny little tires, but they produce them. Good one, right? See, you wonder why I was ready for you to trick me because I was ready to trick you. I have asked you zero trick questions. Because Although, you're generous of spirit and soul and mind. You did say that. Thank you. In fact, trick questions, if they were to be asked, actually, if you just asked me one, was probably a, an homage to Trixie, Ed Norton's wife on The Honeymooners. say the same thing. <laughs> what is the only sport, Kurt, ever played on the moon? Golf. Next. It wasn't kickball, John. It was golf. It was not horseshoes, John. It was golf. Was I right that it was golf, by the way? Yeah. Alan Shepard okay. hit two golf balls with the makeshift six iron in 1971. Yeah. They're still in space, those balls. It's called space balls. Space balls. Yes, it is called <laughs> space balls, which was a great movie. Ludicrous no speed. What's the matter, Colonel Sanders? Chicken? <laughs> Okay, it's time for us to wrap up, John. I think it is too, Kurt. Ciao, everyone. Kurt and I will be back next week. Actually, next week, Kurt, we'll be back with a brand new episode of Smart Drivel. It is a particularly monumental episode, Kurt, because next week is our 100th episode. <gasps> we should plan something pretty special. Holy good night. Okay, we shall. Okay, Bye, listen. everyone. Goodbye, everybody. See you next week. Thank you for listening. Thank you.